Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And in that light, I'm always interested in interviewing founders, entrepreneurs, disruptors, people making a difference, recording those conversations and sharing it with the world. So today we have a very interesting um, guest. Her name is Kavita Guy, and she is a co-founder and CEO of Nectar. And we're going to talk about her interesting work with academia, educational system and disrupting that. So it's going to be a very fascinating discussion and I welcome her to the show. So Kavita, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Liu. I'm excited to be here. Uh, you know, we had connected through this cool app called Podmatch. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, like I said, your bio really stood out to me. Uh, tell us more about who you are, how you got started and what your company does. Yeah, absolutely. So like Dr. Liu said, my name is Kavita Guy, and I'm currently in Los Angeles, California, 26-year-old co-founder and CEO of my own company. And my co-founder, Jordan, and I started Nectar about five years ago while we were undergrad students at UC Santa Barbara. And Nectar is communication infrastructure built specifically for education. So you can think of Slack or Discord or Teams, but built specifically for the classroom. And basically, when I first came to college, I was first generation, came from an immigrant family. So my idea of what college looked like was really just from the movies. That was all I knew. And when I got there and saw this is nothing like the movies, it was a kind of a rude awakening. Uh, I am also autistic and I have ADHD. And so my mm. experience with the classroom has always been very different. I feel like the structure of it was just not built for neurodivergent brains like mine. Mm. And so I spent most of my life thinking that I was dumb because the class and the way that it's structured and the way that we assess intelligence is not made for anything other than neurotypical brains. And even for neurotypical brains, I don't know that it's really structured in the best way. So that was really where it started when I growing up and just never really having a connection to the way that learning happened. Once I got to college and saw that it still wasn't any better, but now I'm just paying $40,000 per year for it, that just didn't sit right with me. And it felt like I just, I got to do something about this. Fascinating. Because uh, like I said, I think the the most entrenched systems are in education, finance, healthcare, 
politics, religion, Absolutely. all these. And it's like, it's like we were discussing, it's like these, these institutions are like a hundred years old and it's like, you know, these, they, it's like dinosaurs, like trying yeah. to raise dinosaurs in today's society. So exactly. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense anymore. And I yeah. feel like all of us, especially post COVID have really become aware of all of the structures that are outdated that just aren't working for us anymore. And I think this is the best opportunity that we've seen in a really long time for us to overhaul a lot of these things and really start from scratch and say, okay, how are we going to do it now? And it's quite interesting because I think Gen Z in the, our best position because they're, one is they're going to be the major consumer in the next five, 10 years. They're going to have mm -hmm. a huge voice, uh, politics, everything. Totally. And, and a lot of them are like, I don't, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to spend 300,000 and be in debt and not have a job and exactly you know, all this stuff. So tell us, uh, tell us, uh, how nectar kind of fits into this paradigm. Yeah. Basically, when you look at the classroom structure that we have today, it's 400 years old. And if you think about if we did anything in our lives the way that we did it 400 years ago, we would all be losing our minds over it. But somehow education is the one piece that nobody's really putting the time and effort and money into the way that we do all these other tech startups like crypto and fintech and all of this. I don't think that education and ed tech gets the same volume. And so when I was in school, I realized really quickly, this is one of the top universities that I could have gone to in the nation. And I love UCSB, don't get me wrong. It was a wonderful school, but I felt like I could have gotten the same education on Google and YouTube. And that just didn't sit right with me, that if I'm paying this much money, why is my high school education in a lot of ways outweighing the value that I get in college. And I spent sort of my entire freshman year grappling with dropping out. I felt like I could just go do this myself. Why would I spend all this money? Why would I go into debt over this? But I ended up joining a business fraternity at the end of my freshman year. And that community of people became so valuable to me so quickly that I realized, oh, this is why you stay. You come to college for the education, but you stay for the people, whether you realize it or not. That is really where you feel connected to the campus. You start to make it part of your identity because you realize this is such a valuable group of people to have around and that we just need community in our lives in every possible way. But that's the part of college that is really, truly valuable. And I think that's my argument for why college will never go out of style or go away. I think we'll always have the institution of higher education because it is the best way for young people to build community and build their network. And for me, when I was going through my education at UCSB, I had sort of just resolved myself to going on the first day, picking up the syllabus, and then never showing up to another lecture and just going to the midterm and final because I was like, you know what? I can self-study it on Google and I'll have way more time for everything else in my life. And I just was like, okay, this is how I'm going to get through college. It's a means to an end. I just need that piece of paper. But I happened to take a class the summer between my sophomore and junior year. And this is UC Santa Barbara. Like you can see the beach from the classroom. So it was the last place that you wanted to be over summer. 
we walk into this class on the first day and it's taught by a grad student instructor. So a little bit younger, a little bit more tech savvy. But I think most importantly, he was a student himself. So he was feeling the same problems that we were. So he sits us all down, me and 150 people in my class. And he says, look, I know we would all rather be at the beach, but let's try to make this class not as shitty as the rest of them. And he said, we're going to do this a little bit differently. Just trust me. And Spencer said, I'm not going to ask you to ever raise your hand. I don't want you to email me or your TA with any questions. Anytime you have any problem, you're going to ask your classmates first. And he turned around and he wrote the link to a Slack group on the board. And he said, this is going to be your community in this class. If you have a question in the middle of lecture or if it's two in the morning, your first line of action is going to be to put it in the Slack chat because I guarantee that one of the 149 people around you will have a better and faster answer for you than me or your TA will. And he said, on top of that, if you answer someone else's question really well, I'll give you extra credit for it because that lets me know that you understand the topic so well, you can now teach someone else, which is the highest level of mastery that you can achieve. And that's how I'm going to assess your knowledge. And instantly, before we even got into the group, you felt the energy in the room change. It was metaphorically turning the chairs inward so that we became these organic, original knowledge resources for each other. And that meant you didn't just have one teacher and one TA, you had 150. And that completely changes the way that you learn. That makes it so that you can't go on Google and YouTube and get the same thing. Not only are you building a community and enhancing your network in class, but you're also learning from your peers who are explaining topics to you in a language that you understand. And in order to participate in your community, you've got to know the knowledge enough yourself to even be able to be part of those conversations. Unsurprisingly, got the highest grade that I got in all of college, my favorite class I've taken to date. And it was the first class that I went to every single lecture every day of summer because I just loved being part of that community so much. Hmm. And I left that class thinking, this is the way that learning needs to evolve. This is the future of every classroom, not just in higher ed, but K-12. It's going to be turning the chairs inward and having the students be resources of learning for one another. Because when you see AI coming in, when you see all of this stuff changing the workforce, what education is going to need to evolve into over the next five years teaching people how to be the best humans they can possibly be. It's going to be about collaboration, team building, learning how to problem solve with others. That is the only way that we can really keep education modern enough to compete with AI. So I think that for a variety of reasons, you can pick the future of education is going to be community-based. And I think this is the best way to start to introduce that solution into classrooms everywhere. Well, you know, you you touched on a lot of uh, different topics because you know, mo- you know, traditional school is like you you sit down, you don't talk to you know if you collaborate, you're cheating. But the interesting thing is, you know, schools are good for like socialization and networking. So you go to better quality schools, your peer group is higher quality. Right. And then what you're describing is these community, like for example, you know. 20, 30 years from now, what's to say people just don't start these communities interested in like uh, coding or, you know, and why, why do I need to pay 300000 for Harvard or MIT? I can just 
join these communities and you know what's what are your thoughts absolutely i think that is the first conversation that my co-founder and i had about how would you like college to look if you could pull it out of your brain your deepest fantasy and have it look the best that it possibly could and what you're describing is exactly what we said you get to choose the community that you go join and you learn with those people and they become your network but it's less of i'm going to go choose the institution and more of i'm going to go choose my community hmm. and i think that schools post covid are realizing that that's sort of the model they're going to have to move to in order to exist people want to go to school online they want to have it mesh with the rest of their life it's no longer going to be just full-time student it's going to be i'm doing an internship i'm doing a job i'm doing all these things and then i have my education working on the side of all of those and so i absolutely think the model that you're describing we're seeing it sort of with these boot camps and online courses. It's starting to emerge these community-based learning opportunities that are not so much going and getting a degree, but getting micro-accreditations. And I think it's a great way to supplement your education, even for students and people who are no longer in school. But I think it's kind of showing us a little sneak peek into the future of this is what college is going to look like in 10 years. It's not going to be what it is today. It's going to be choosing not your major, but your cohort that you learn with. Mm, interesting. I like that. I like that idea. You're choosing your cohort in your community then versus uh, like a major. Yes. Um, very interesting. I, you know, I like so I love talking with disruptors and people, you know, changing the way we think, think and view things. And so how can people uh, contact you, visit you, follow you on social media? and um you know check out your website yeah absolutely i think the best place to follow us would be on nectar's linkedin we've built over the last five years an incredible team of parents teachers students who come together to basically build the future of education and so we're always posting our thoughts and our updates there and it's a great place to just sort of be aware of the cutting edge of, of technology within education and just sort of where education is moving so our LinkedIn, Nectar.io, is the best place to find us. But you can also see my thoughts either on my Medium or my blog, just Kavita.com, K-A-V-I-T-T-A. And for Nectar, that is going to be N-E-C-T-I-R.io. Yeah. <clears throat> and for all the listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Kavita's resources will be in the links and show notes. Uh, be sure to follow her on her website and LinkedIn and um, check out her blog as well. And with that... Thanks so much for coming onto the podcast, giving so much wisdom, new insights, and thanks for coming onto the show. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Liu. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.